0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to NFL Unwrapped, where we unwrap the hottest takes from around the NFL. Football is finally back, and we're all so excited to start talking about it. We're going to break down the game matchups for week one. But before we get to that, I want to remind you guys to follow us on Twitter, at NFL Unwrapped. You can follow me on Twitter, at my newly minted username, at Corbin Unwrapped. Follow Perry on Twitter, at Perry Aston. Christian on Twitter, at McGowan75. You can also listen to this podcast on SoundCloud and also on the Apple iTunes podcast app. While you're on the podcast app, if you could go ahead and give us a five-star review. With that, let's just get right into this. Before we talk about the game matchups, we want to talk about just some news that's been going around on around the NFL. Before we get to Le'Veon Bell stuff, I want to talk briefly about the Khalil Mack trade. So, Khalil Mack, as we all know, was holding out with the Raiders, hoping to get a Aaron Donald-like extension. The Raiders, really surprisingly to me, ended up trading him to the Bears instead of giving him an extension. And Big
1: surprise, and
0: something that Gruden's getting a lot of Oh, he's for. He has not had a good offseason. But I just want to talk about, one, did the Bears give up too much for Khalil Mack when you consider they also had to give him the largest contract ever to an NFL defensive player and really anything else that you guys took from the trade. So, Christian, I know that you had a take on Khalil Mack, so I'll start with you. What were your thoughts? So, I'll just start
2: answering some of the questions you had just brought up. No, the Bears did not overpay for getting Khalil Mack. He's a transcendent defensive player. I think
0: that things that we need to take into consideration are, okay, so you're giving up two first-round picks. When you draft in the first round,
2: especially in the top of the first round, which those picks will not be in the top of the first round, they'll be lucky if they're at 20, those picks turn into, but you hope one of those picks turns into a Khalil Mack-type player. You pray to God, you pray to whatever God you believe in, that that player turns into Khalil Mack for your fan base. And to give up two first-round picks for an already guaranteed player who plays in the topest echelon of his position for two first-round picks, One, the Raiders are dumb. Gruden should already be on the hot seat for what he's done (laughs) this season. And two, the Bears should be so ecstatic to giving up two. I think the Bears will be a good
0: team. So to me, they're going to be late first-round picks. They're giving up two late first-round picks to
2: revitalize the side of the ball that I wasn't even excited about for the Bears. I was more excited for their offense. And now that I look at their defense, I mean, you guys are in fantasy with me. I picked up their defense. I'm so excited now for Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack together. I'm kind of like in proxy rooting for the Bears now. And a point that I wanted to, to bring up, I know Colin Cowher talked about this morning, the Green Bay Packers were the only team going into the Khalil Mack trade that had two first-round picks in this upcoming draft. I think the fact that Green Bay didn't go
0: out and get Khalil Mack is just further proof that Corbin mismanages the Green Bay Packers. <laughs>
2: and his coworkers workers mismanage the Green Bay Packers because the one time that uh, Aaron Rodgers was able to win a championship was with a very dominant defense. Yeah, yeah. And having Khalil Mack would help this maybe B minus, B plus defense be in a serious consideration for
1: A. I mean, the only dominant player on the defensive end that the Packers have had that I think you compare in regard to pedigree would be Julius Peppers in the last five or ten years. Yeah, but when- and that wasn't even in his prime. So I totally agree with you, Christian. This was a missed opportunity for the Packers, but we're talking the Bears – and if they overpaid, and if they're in a good situation. Yes, I love their defense, actually. Kyle Fuller heading up that secondary. I like their secondary, actually, a lot, and Roquan Smith, and a lot of additions that are needed on that defensive line. This is the number one free agent, I would say, not obviously a free agent, but the number one guy option for you that you can get if you want to improve your defense right now. Like you said with Aaron Donald, he's there in LA. They're giving him that extension. This is the second guy. Just like you said, transcendent. He's the second defensive player in the league that I would take to start my defense around. Besides, you know... What? Who would you take besides Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald to start it's your defense? Probably,
0: I mean, if JJ Watt is completely absolutely not. Mack, I'm talking right. I'm talking right now. Are you talking building for the future. Building for the future. Yeah, totally building for the future. Building
1: for everything. Yeah. You're talking future, definitely. You just made Mack the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. So you are looking towards the future. This isn't oh, let's get him this year. Hopefully, we could compete. Chicago's on a three or four year plan, in my opinion. Not that it's going to take them three or four years to be successful, but it's. Three or four years of what they've laid out. That's what happens when you have a quarterback making, what, $7 million next year? You are able to base these teams around quarterbacks on rookie contracts. You know, the Cowboys weren't ready for Dak Prescott. They didn't set up—they didn't expect to land him and have you know him on a rookie contract for three or four years. The contract situations they had didn't work out. Dez is gone, you know, and, uh, of course, Witten gone for retirement they're not adding pieces. If anything, they're taking it away from a young quarterback because they just landed on him. But when you look for guys like Jared Goff, look how they're loading up the Rams right now because of the fact that their perennial quarterback that who's supposed to be getting paid a ton of money isn't right now, so you put that money elsewhere. Because you have three or four more years until you have to cough up that money for that quarterback. Trebinsky, the Bears, they're doing the same thing right now, and you give that money to the best player possible that you can right now. Khalil Mack... Two first round picks, give him three first round picks. And I still say that they didn't give up two months for Khalil Mack. Great move from the Bears, stupid move from the Raiders. The Raiders, you could say he's fumbled the whole offseason, but in reality, he's kind of like recycled all of his mistakes. Like when he made smart ones at the draft, like with Switzer and other things, like when you yeah. Pick, yeah, when you picked up other picks, you pretty much he went and like traded those picks away. Like he traded what a third round pick from Martavius Bryant, yeah. who is who but, not on the team but, but the thing was that third round pick was acquired in some other stupid trade that he did too. So it's not that they gave up a third round that they already had. It's like he did something good and then it's like, uh never mind, I'm gonna take it back now. But you so, still lose the initial player you know, had to a- I, I totally agree. Not saying that Gruden's having a good offseason. I'm saying not. that any any good move that he makes, because I think you guys are saying he's made none, which is false. He's made good moves, but he's completely taken it back every single time by completely screwing it up with another trade, Switzerland. He didn't even play one game there, and they shipped him off to you know Pittsburgh, which is a much better situation for them. But they gave up more for him than they got back. So what good move has he made? I I like the Dominic Rogers from Rogers. Yeah, signing, just stuff like I'm. I'm, I'm that, just saying, there's not. It's not like he's completely the bad
0: far outweighs the good, there, one, right?
1: And I'm just saying, any move that he makes, I liked that Switzer move. I liked, like, the Martavius Bryant move. I liked the idea. It was just giving up a third was you like idiotic. You liked the Switzer
0: move of trading him away? or no, getting him
1: in the first place. And that's what I, I liked, that move. I liked that fit. And then trading him away, it makes no sense now. And you have Martavius Bryant gone on, on suspension cut. And you have Switzer gone. All these additions that you made to this receiving core that's supposed to be helping, all these slot receivers that you're trying to groom, aren't going to work out. So now you have, you know, Amari... And you have the other receivers that are on this team, Jordy Nelson, you have possession receivers. You got no one that's exciting in this receiving core. And what I liked about Martavius Bryant and Switzer was the potential to be exciting. So now you just gave up on both those guys, and it felt like you you blinked your eyes and they were in a Raiders uniform, you blinked it again, they were out. So yeah, and it's just there was a lot of potential with some of these moves, but I think you took it right back because you weren't even able to see this potential. They didn't even play a game. It was ridiculous. Also <laughs>
2: Courtney Nelson, I don't think there's one move he's made outside of the draft that will result in a player that will actually play this
1: year. Dominic Rodgers Gramady is going to be an actually good addition to the defense, and having Gary, right. on Conley come back is going to help. But that's not anything that Gruden did. But still, the, we're talking Khalil Mack here. Awful, awful move. How do you fumble this this position here? You have one of the best defenders in the league, possibly you know one of the best in history, and you're going to let him walk away and let another team reap those benefits. It's not a good first move out of the gates. Yeah, but supposedly
2: the number, he's getting paid, what, $23 million a year. The Raiders offered him $20 million, um, so $3 million under. <laughs> if I'm Gruden, I'm going to pay the $3 million out of my $10 million contract to keep Khalil Mack. That's how good of a player he is. I'm just so lost as to... Because when you trade him like this, to me, it signals that you weren't going to re-sign him anyways, so you were going to at least trade him for something. To get some value you, for him. Uh,
0: how can you pay Gruden and not pay the only person on your defense that's been there for the last three years. Like I, It just baffles me. You don't trade away the defensive player of the year, mm-hmm.
2: or former defensive
0: player of the year. Yeah, I mean, just 2016, just a year removed from it. And for the Raiders, I mean, you can say they got two first-round picks, but did they really? Because they also gave up a second-rounder, and the Raiders, losing Khalil Mack, they're going to be a much worse football team. So, yeah, you got two first-rounders, you also had to give up a second-rounder, which is probably going to be in the first half of the second round at the very least. So I agree. The Bears did not give up too much for him um, in terms of making him the highest paid player defensively in the league. I think Aaron Donald's a better defensive player, but still, it's, have, worth, you, it's worth the money. Yeah, you Donald trade for set him. the
1: market. Just like with Le'Veon and Gurley, like, it doesn't matter who necessarily was the best. It's just who set the market first and who got the contract second. Because you're going to have to rather match that number or go a step above. So just Cleo Mack reaping the benefits of Aaron Donald forcing the Rams' hand this last week. But Cleo Mack was a 2014 first-round pick, fifth overall. Since he's been in the league, he has 40-plus sacks. That's the definition of dominant. This is a guy that can play the edge. He can play on your D-line. He can play linebacker. He can dominate on your, on your defense, and now you're going to add him with a guy he like
2: at defensive end and linebacker
1: in the same yeah. year. Yeah, and you're going to add them with a guy like Roquan Smith for the future and try and figure out the pieces around them. I love that core. Coach Nagy and that Chicago Bears offense is nothing to worry about because they're going to figure it out throughout this season. This is a team that's going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah. They're not going to make the playoffs this year, but I, I, they, I don't uh, think uh, it's I was, out of the round. I was of I was going to say day. that, but it's not out of, you know, an idea there that's an idea that you can live with you can sleep very fine if you think it's just the fact that they're in a very tough division with the packers with an aaron Rodgers returning and a vikings team that's locked into the playoffs in my opinion and of a lions team that doesn't get enough credit either so this is a one of the most they're, competitive lions divisions. are a contender
0: for the playoffs it's one of the
1: year. most competitive divisions in the nfl and for yes. the bears it's not going to be this year but i think next year they're going to have done enough this year and have a plan for the future to where they're going to compete next year and probably you know put one of those teams on the bottom of that rankings like they have been they've been on the bottom of those standings for a while so yeah let's uh let's move on to Le'Veon Bell like some Le'Veon Bell situation everyone's talking about it he's still not with the team still hasn't signed the franchise tender it's a lot of drama a lot of comments from the teammates Marquise Pouncey released one today pretty much saying that why is the agent saying this why don't you just uh, I'll give you the exact one. Why play hide-and-seek? Why let your agent say this? Just man up and tell us what you're going to do. It's And Ramon Foster, their players rep, their offensive guard, veteran player, represents the players of the team, was making awful comments towards him, pretty much calling out other offensive linemen that feel the same way. These are his guys. coming, Christian, I'm going to talk to you really quick, who is a former— you are a former D1 offensive lineman. You know all about the connection between running back and offensive line. To not just have cornerbacks and kickers and other people making comments because Le'Veon's just not there and they want to win. These are your guys that block for you, and they're over it. They think he's being unreasonable. Clearly, if you have a guy ta- in conversation with the team about contracts, usually players back up players. You back up your guys. You want your guys to get paid. Pay the man is kind of how it's going to go. Now his teammates think it's far past this. He's being unreasonable, and now he's just being selfish with public comments. Christian, how bad is this? Because when he comes back, do you want to block for a guy like this, even if he does come back? I mean, with the comments that they're making, how bad is this with the connection between running back and lineman? Oh, it's bad. I am absolutely
2: a shame of those two players right now. Pouncey being the, the focal point of that offensive line for many, many years, I expect better out of their leaders. Your allegiance is to your teammates, and uh, it just it hurts me, because I don't want to say you're more loyal to your teammates than your team, but given the situation, you have to back your teammate. Your team has been unfairly paid year after year, and you're going to...
1: Say comments. It, it is it is the way he went about it though. Le'Veon Bell's publicly tweeted the date of their opener. Oh, I'll be there. It would be check the date. Keep it on your calendars. This, that, and this. Nothing's changed. He's still in the same contract situation. He promised Steelers Nation he was going to be there week one playing, and now he's not. So. I don't mind the holdout. I don't mind him because you need to pay Le'Veon. Not just pay the position, you pay the player. And now pay the position because Gurley just set the precedent. So you can pay either regardless. Le'Veon deserves a payday. But don't go ahead a month ago. What was it? One, maybe a month and a half screaming how you're going to be there for the opener and how Steelers Nation, you know, it's all going to be worth it. Don't go ahead and say all that stuff and then not be there week one. You're going to piss off your fans. Everyone's on James Conner's side now. And I know Christian, you're being... Critical of the offensive lineman. Yes, I believe as a team, you should stick with your team. But this has clearly gotten to a point. This is far past, my boy just needs to get paid. This is, okay, man, you're being ridiculous now. The season has started. There's nothing else that the Steelers can do. They are past the point that they can extend him. A lot of, you know, at this point, he can sign the franchise tag or just hold out. It's not like anything that he's doing right now by not being on the field is helping the situation at all. The Steelers aren't going to, he's not going to be on the Steelers next year. I already made that clear a long time ago when we brought this up originally and you guys thought it was, he's going to still be in Pittsburgh. He's not going to be in Pittsburgh nigger. He's not happy. There's too much past there now. Tomlin doesn't give a shit about him and the rest of the team clearly doesn't have his back. I think you're blaming the offensive lineman. I think they're the only ones that are being public right now. I think the entire team doesn't want Le'Veon Bell there. And yeah, maybe a couple players are not going to speak for the whole team, but I think he's rubbed everyone the wrong way, the fan base the wrong way. And now every single person in Pittsburgh is rooting for James Conner, their backup running back, who already has a story to root for anyways, yeah, to cancer. be the guy. And I think people are just saying, oh yeah, Le'Veon can be replaced. We got James Conner. We have this. Obviously you're replacing Le'Veon Bell. He is a focal part of this offense, but there's a lot of pieces on that offense. That if James Conner can do enough... Bye-bye, Le'Veon. That's it. You've really burned every bridge that you have. There. I
2: think that we're, we're being so critical of Le'Veon Bell. This is what the owners want. They want these comments to come out. They want the pressure. Yeah, they to don't wrong.
1: want him on the team. That's why they didn't sign him. I,
2: no, I, I
1: think no. That's there's it. no
2: way they don't want him on the team.
1: If you're the owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I, and I understand that you think <laughs> that, but if you have put the time into Le'Veon
2: Bell... They may be mad at him, but they're not going to not want him there in any capacity. No. They want Le'Veon Bell there. Having Le'Veon Bell makes them a better team.
0: All right, that's enough Le'Veon Bell for right now. Let's move on to game picks. I'm going to be talking about each game with you, Perry, and we're going to make a prediction on who's going to win each game. So let's start off with the game scheduled for tonight, 5:20 kickoff between the defending world champion Philadelphia Eagles and last year's NFC champions, the Atlanta Falcons. So they're going to be playing in Philadelphia – Right now, Atlanta's favored by one point, which the line's actually been moving. The Eagles were favored. Now the Falcons are. We're just going to pick the game straight up, though, Perry. Who do you have winning, the Falcons or the Eagles?
1: Um, I'm going to go Falcons on this one. I'm going against the defending Super Bowl champions because they have Nick Foles at quarterback. Yeah, you win them a Super Bowl, but I'm not going to start Foles on my fantasy team. I'm not going to be confident that he's going to win week to week. I think it was just a fairy tale finish with a team that was... Really underdogs and wanted to prove something. I'm not a big Eagles fan for this year. I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to do anything like they did last year. And I think the Falcons are underrated. I think Matt Ryan, clearly. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is, says he's overrated. Yeah, he may be, yeah. but the team itself is very good. I expect a huge game from their running backs. And this defense is surprisingly very, very, very good. And I think they're going to be better than people think this year. So I'm going Falcons.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going with the Falcons too. I think the Eagles, it's hard to explain what happened in the playoffs last year with Nick Foles because historically he is not nearly as good of a quarterback as he was in the playoffs last year. And I think that magic that they had with them last year, it's going to run out against the better teams. They're still going to make the playoffs. Carson Wentz is going to be back in, I would think, a week or two, and they'll be fine. But for this game, also with the emotions running high after – Receiving their Super Bowl rings. I think the Falcons get it done They have a very capable offense and capable defense that are going to be right in the playoff hunt this year And yeah, I'll take the Falcons to win that one. So let's move on to the games on Sunday starting with the morning games We'll start with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns right now the Steelers are favored by four and a half points I'll take this one first even with Le'Veon Bell not suiting up for the Steelers this weekend I still have the Steelers beating the Browns. Mm -hmm. I like the talent. Obviously, the Browns are a lot more talented than they were last year, but it's going to take a little bit of time for them to gel and get the right team chemistry. Um, The Steelers, look, there's a stat that we tweeted out about how in the games that the Steelers did not have Le'Veon Bell. They still scored the same amount of points. Their record was a little bit worse. I think that, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be throwing the football more than we're used to, but... The Steelers have enough offensive weapons to get it done. They have a ton of
1: offensive weapons. And the Cleveland Browns are going to be very fun to watch this year. Don't get that wrong. And they're going to compete. And the reason why this is tough for me is because we spoke about this on the Fantasy Podcast. There is a road and home Ben Roethlisberger. And he does struggle a bit on the road. And Cleveland is not easy to play in. And they're revamped defense. And they have a young secondary. And I really think that... It's going to be a scrappy team, and especially playing in Cleveland, it's not going to be easy. I want to say Cleveland on this, but I'm going to say the Steelers, but I think it's going to be extremely
0: close. Yeah, I think the Steelers just barely eke it out. Let's move on to another morning matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Indianapolis Colts. Right now the Colts are favored by two and a half points. What's your take, Barry? It's like the
1: Sacco Bowl of the week, in my opinion. (laughs) I'm going to go Cincinnati uh, Andy Dalton, AJ Green, I think they're going to connect. I think this team is, they're both teams I'm not very confident on. I think both teams are dealing with a lot of injuries, especially with the Colts and having you know Jordan Wilkins being their starting running back this year and Andrew Luck coming back didn't look that good in the preseason. He is number 12 on my fantasy rankings for quarterback. So I still think Andrew Luck's a starting quarterback, but I just don't know how good he's going to do. Like He's coming back from injury, and it just scares me. I'm super cautious, and I think Cincinnati has some rapport. I, it's going to be a not-fun game to watch, but I'm going to go with the Bengals.
0: Yeah, I'm not really planning to watch much of this, <laughs> although I do want to see how Andrew Locke plays in his first official think, game I back. I think
1: everybody does. I'm just very cautious. Yeah,
0: I. this is another tough one. I'm going to go with the Colts just because— it's Andrew Luck's first game back. I think the adrenaline is going to be high. If there's any team to have your first game back against, you couldn't do much better than against the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'll take the Colts in another close one on this one. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans at the Miami Dolphins. This one, the spread's even, even though I think this is a pretty easy game to pick. I have Tennessee winning this one. Miami, too. they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Uh, offensively they really don't have anything and the titans marcus Mariota. i'm looking for a bounce back year from him i think with Corey davis back and it seems like finally healthy he should have a big year they have other weapons with delaney walker even though he is dealing with injury derrick henry unquestionably the number one back even though they have deon lewis for pass catching and third down responsibilities but Yeah, I think Tennessee should win this one pretty easily. What do you think, Terry? I
1: totally agree. I like Marcus Mariota. I like the two running backs that they have there, Deion Lewis and, you know, Henry. I really think that they're going to figure it out. Corey Davis is going to be one of my sleepers. I think he's going to do really, really well with Mariota this year. I think it's going to be Tennessee. I think their defense has improved. I think Miami has made improvements, and, of course, Tannehill is coming back, but Jarvis is gone. I don't know how that pass game is going to go. Of course, no Jay Ajayi, so how good is Kenyon Drake? Yeah, yeah. it's really just a few question marks that I need to be answered when I watch week one, but I don't have confidence that, and just like you said, I'm surprised this is even.
0: Right, yeah. Let's move on to the San Francisco 49ers going into Minnesota to play the Vikings. Right now the spread is Minnesota minus seven. I think that's about right. I think the Vikings might even win by a little bit more, but I'm taking the Vikings on this one. Jimmy Garoppolo, as a starter so far, has not lost a game in his NFL career. That's going to end right here. I'd be shocked if it doesn't. Uh, The Niners, especially with Jarek McKinnon going down, they just don't have much offensively. I think Marquise Goodwin is a solid deep threat, but other than that, I mean, running back is questionable with who's going to get the majority of playing time there. And this Vikings defense, that is maybe... That's unquestionably top three in the NFL. I probably wouldn't put them above the Rams, but that's going to be tough for the Niners. I just don't see a way that they can win this.
1: I agree with you. I like Garoppolo a lot. I think that he's going to make up for the lack of talent around on that offense. For his stats, he's going to put up a lot. He's still going to keep you in the game. Marcus Goodwin and his connection is real. I really believe that. But it's not like their defense is anything to scream about it's not a bad defense at all especially a young core that they have going on there but you're facing Kirk Cousins in this Minnesota offense which I think is very good and it's going to put up a lot of points and I also think that their defense is potentially the best in the league very scary defense it's top three for sure I just think there's too many signs that point towards Minnesota winning this week
0: yeah Let's move on to the Houston Texans playing at the New England Patriots. Right now, the line is the Patriots minus seven. Perry, what do you I'm think? I'm going
1: Houston Texans on this one, my bold prediction so far. I think they're going to barely edge out the Pats. I think the Pats have a few things to figure out with you know the people they have down on injury, suspension, Julian Edelman. The defense, I don't really like it that much. I don't think New England's going to be bad at all. They got Tom Brady. They got Belichick. They got a formula for success. I think they're going to make the playoffs. That's just the Patriots way. But I think they're going to have a weird awakening to week one. Didn't they lose week one last year to the Chiefs? And that was that League game where he just ran all over them. I think they're going to get off to a bad start to the season again. I think Houston, Deshaun Watson is, they might figure him out a bit this season. People might start figuring out Deshaun Watson, but I don't think that's going to happen in week one. He's going to come up, look good. I think the receivers going to look good. Will Fuller, if he's going to be able to play. Hopkins looks good. And the defense, you know, with the honey badger there now and some other additions to that defense, I really like the Texans' defense.
0: If this was week two or any any game besides week one, I think I would pick the Texans here. It's just, it's so tough to bet against the Patriots, especially when they've had all offseason to prepare for this game. Yes, they've had preseason games, but they knew what their first real game was going to be, and they've definitely put some preparation into this. It's also in New England, and I just don't see how the Texans are able to go in New England in week one and beat Tom Brady, even without Julian Edelman there. And yes, the Patriots have some question marks on offense, especially it's the, it's the who's going to be the running back. Too, yeah. It's
1: just a lot of quite the, the offensive but line. But the Texans have questions, But the too. offensive line doesn't look good at all for the right. Patriots, and the defensive line for the Texans looks very good. I think Tom Brady's going to be under a lot of pressure. I don't think they're going to be able to figure out a lot in the running game. Jeremy Hill... You know, the addition of him isn't going to be anything special. Rex Burkhead's going to have a lot larger part of this offense. But losing Deion Lewis and having Sony Michelle may or may not be a part of this offense, you know, especially going forward right now, it's just a lot of question marks that I need answered. I think, like Christian and some of the other people have been saying, the downfall of the New England Patriots is near. I don't know if it's now, but it's coming up sometime soon. And I think we're going to start to see some holes in New England as the year goes on.
0: Uh, we'll see. I think they still, this is probably their last year where they're the Patriots that we know. I think it's still
1: going to be the Patriots. Yeah. Way. Like I said, I think you're just going to start to see things like, dang, that offensive line's really thin, you know, or yeah, yeah. just a few things. And you can be successful when you have gaping holes on your team because of how much talent you have and the coaching and everything. But we're going to start to see where those serious problems are. Yes.
0: Let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Right now, the line is Saints minus 10.5. I don't think we need to spend much time on this. It's going to be a bloodbath. The Saints are going to rain on the Buccaneers. I
1: had a friend, actually, someone that Christian and I both know, Dawson Legum. We coached him in basketball back in the day. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter today because I put up my official playoff predictions and Super Bowl prediction. um, And he was saying, oh, you know, no trust in famous Jameis, Jameis Winston. (laughs) Like, he was dead serious, though. I was like, no, not at all. LOL. Are you serious? I said, first off, he's not playing for the first <laughs> three first games. Three. Second, when he comes back, it's like, I was like, you're not about to tell me that this Tampa Bay team that went 5-11 and 11 last year is now poised for the playoffs. I was like, Dirk Cutter, their coach, is the last person of the original Jameis Winston plan, and he got promoted because he's a Jameis Winston guy to head coach. I'm pretty sure he was the offensive coordinator when they brought him in originally, So he's on the hot seat. He's not going to have his job after this year because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't going to do anything. Unless Ronald Jones all of a sudden switches things up and he becomes the messiah. You don't even know how to pass anymore because you're just going to run it all the time with him. That's the only option. Yeah, Mike Evans is good. He's immature. He may be a top five receiver that week. He may be a top 25. You have no idea. Fitzpatrick, no confidence uh, the team made some additions, yes. And I'm not going to tell you that the team did nothing this offseason because they did make some signings and made some additions on the defense end. So I think their defense will be slightly improved. Their secondary is still awful. Their offense is still a big question mark. We'll see what they do with the running backs. But Dawson, I'm sorry, bud, but <laughs> they went 5-11 last year. I would call it a win if they went 7-9 yeah. this year. Call I'd, it a win, but they're not even going to sniff the playoffs. i call even it clubs. a
0: win if they even stay at 5-11. Yeah. I think they're going to be right there with the worst teams in the NFL. Saints are going to win this easily. I'll say this, though, that I think there's a better chance that Jameis Winston is not the quarterback for the Buccaneers next year than, well, the, there's, chan- than, comments, the, than the chance that the Buccaneers make the playoffs. There, there was year.
1: comments from the GM saying that Jameis didn't even have his spot guaranteed yeah. when he come back, that he'd have to earn his spot as the role. starter. And, yeah. yes, he's a dirt-cutter guy. Dirt-cutter is his head coach, so this wasn't comments from him. But it was from his, the general manager. It's, they're not, it's not his guy. Jameis hasn't done anything to lock it in there except for like steal crabs and like do other stupid things off the field and have the dumbest interviews post-game. So it's not like you're falling in love with his personality, with his on-the-field antics, off-the-field antics. I'm a huge Jameis Winston hater. So Dawson, you picked the fight with the wrong guy, my <laughs> man. Uh, we're going to go Jacksonville versus New York Giants, another morning game. What do you have on that, Corbin?
0: That's a tough one. I think the Jaguars are the better team, but week one in New York, I know Jacksonville is favored by two and a half points. I'll go with the Jaguars, but that's a really tough one. I'm just so excited to see Jalen Ramsey versus Odell Beckham Jr. I'm, that's one of yeah. one of the things I'm looking forward to the most this week. What I'm
1: more excited for is to see Saquon Barkley run the ball for the first time. I want to see him succeed. I think he's amazing. I find him in a similar tier as I do Ezekiel Elliott when he came in from college. I think he's just going to be dominant right away, and he's going to change this team. But I'm still going to go Jacksonville week one. It's not going to be a blowout or anything, but Jacksonville's defense is going to, you know, not prevent Saquon from doing anything. But I think Jalen Ramsey and Odell, like you said, is going to be a really good matchup. I don't think Odell's going to score, but he's going to get a lot of yards. I think Saquon puts in a touchdown. I don't think the Giants put up much more than 14 points on this Jaguars team. I think the Jags put up a little bit more.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be a low-scoring game, yeah. definitely. Let's move on to the final morning game on Sunday, the Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens are favored by 8.5 points. And I just want to say, I've been talking about all these other teams, I think the Buccaneers and the Dolphins possibly being the worst team in the league. Oh, and the Bengals. It's the Bills, I forgot. Buffalo Bills, they, just, they have nothing. <sighs> LaShawn McCoy is... The only really relevant player, Calvin Benjamin, I don't even think is going to have that good of a year just because you don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Their defense is okay, they good. They just cut but
1: Corey Coleman. They don't have any answers there for keeping talent and breeding talent. They have no. Josh Allen. They just traded... I don't AJ even like McC- Josh Allen that, too much. Right, they just traded A.J. McCarron, who clearly isn't out for the year. <laughs> so they traded him away because they feel confident that they have him and that they have Nathan Petterman, who did nothing but throw interceptions last year. Was it five or six interceptions in a half? I think five. he's just an interception god. Like I say, they're going to be awful. This team has a very bad offensive line, so it's going to be really sad to see a lot of these quarterbacks getting hit as much as they are. Baltimore's going to win this game, no doubt. Baltimore's defense is not something to mess around with this year. I'm telling you, they are underrated. Their offense is okay, they, like you said, uh, Alex Collins, I think he's very underrated. We talked about it in the fantasy podcast. And they do have, you know, Buck Allen and some other guys there in the running back core. And they added a whole new trio of receivers. So who knows how that's going to work out because Flacco is a good quarterback, but I don't think he's anything great. So we'll just see how this works out this year. But their defense is going to be with carrying them to any of the wins this year and it's going to be a really easy one against Buffalo. It's going to be a painful one to watch, just like I said with uh, Cincinnati and the Colts. It's going to be another one of those. You only watch if you have fantasy significance in that game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the Ravens' defense, even though they are missing their top corner, Jimmy Smith, for the first four games out with the suspension, yeah, they have a really easy schedule to open up the year to. I forgot who they play the next three weeks, but it's not much better than Buffalo. Let's move on to the first afternoon game. The Kansas City Chiefs at the Los Angeles Chargers. Right now the Chargers are favored by three points. I'll take this one first. I think the Chargers win this. They they have a lot of talent. I think they're going to be the winners of the AFC West this year, and that's a really tough division. But I'll go with the Chargers in this. Perry, what do you think?
1: I'm going to go Chargers, too. I have a lot of hopes for this team. In Kansas City, it's going to take a little bit for Mahomes to figure it out in this offense It's Since the Chargers are going to be great this year, really, Philip Rivers is going to have a hell of a fantasy year. Let's move on to Seattle versus Denver.
0: Who do you have in this one? I have Denver eking this one out. I think... Earl Thomas is going to play in this game, right? Yes, he returned to the team yesterday. So that's obviously a big get for the Seahawks, and if he was not going to play, I don't think they had any chance. I'll still take the Broncos at home. I think the Broncos are an underrated football team, and they're going to be a contender for the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Broncos too. I'm not a big Seattle fan. Um, Russell Wilson, I love him as a quarterback, but that whole team is not looking too good, especially while Doug Baldwin's still fighting injury.
0: Yeah, let's move on to the Washington Redskins playing at the Arizona Cardinals. This one's even. You got Alex Smith in his first real game as the Washington Redskins quarterback going up against Sam Bradford with Josh Rosen sitting on the bench for this one, at mm-hmm. least until, I mean, there's probably a good Bradf- likelihood Bradford, Bradford ends up getting bad. injured. I know, but he's just, he's so injury prone. Yeah, I mean,
1: he didn't look bad. So if he's if he's healthy, he plays. Josh Rosen also didn't look bad. I feel kind of confident for yeah. the quarterback situation. They also got Mike Lennon in the offseason. So their quarterback room's not bad. The rest of the team is... Got a lot of things to figure out, but David Johnson returning, Fitzgerald, Mr. 100 Catch. I'm going to go Arizona on this one. I'm I- going
0: Arizona too, and it's really just because David Johnson returns. And Bradford, I think, as long as he's healthy, is still a good quarterback to have on your football team. Yeah, let's go Cowboys versus Panthers. Who are you going to take on this one? So Panthers favored by two and a half in this one. I'm going to take the Panthers on this. Cowboys, I, I'm i sorry to say, Perry, but okay. well, not sorry for me because I don't. <laughs> particularly root for them but I know you're a Cowboys fan I think they're headed for another eight and eight season um Panthers I'm not too high on them but I just think in Carolina to start of the year the Panthers are going to take this one
1: I'm going to go Cowboys not just because I'm a Cowboys fan but because <laughs> of Ezekiel Elliott I think he's going to have a crazy first game Dak's going to be efficient but he's just has to not make mistakes I think Zeekson is going to go off the Panthers are a good team, and Cam Newton's going to be exciting to watch, but I'm not a fan of them. I don't have them making the playoffs this year. So if you said that with an 8-8 eight eight Cowboys team, I would still I would put the Panthers right around there too. If you're going to think that, I would say the Panthers look like an 8-8 eight eight team to me also. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to Chicago Green Bay. Great opener. It's going to be the Sunday, Sunday night, night game. Khalil
0: Mack's first game. As and a I day. know
1: Corbin is part owner of the Packers. Yes. Who are you going to take on this one?
0: Well, it's got to be Packers, right? I mean... I I might lose my ownership. I mean, I'm not going to go against Aaron
1: Rodgers on his first game. I'm not going to be that
0: dude that does that. I think Khalil Khalil Mack causes some problems for them, especially with Brian Bulaga is going to be starting at right tackle. He's coming back from a torn ACL last year. That's a really tough matchup for him to start the year. But even with that, and even with the Bears' rebuilt offense, I think the Packers just have too much firepower offensively. And defensively, I like their defense. I think it's a little bit underrated. Not going to be one of the best defenses in the league, but... One of the better defenses that Aaron Rodgers has had in his career. Yeah,
1: let's move on to Monday. There's two games this week. We have the Jets versus the Lions at four ten Pacific. So who are you going to take on this one?
0: Yeah, so we got the Lions minus 7, and I forgot for the last game it was the Packers minus 8.5 for that. So Lions minus 7, favored by 7 points in this one. I'm taking the Lions. I'm excited to see what Sam Darnold does in his first career NFL start, and I believe the youngest quarterback ever, ever. to start an NFL game. Yeah, so Very cool. It's going to be a learning curve for him, and the Jets, they just don't have too much offensively, defensively, not too much either. Lions are just going to be too much for them in this one.
1: I agree. I'm going Lions. Stafford's going to pass all over this Jets defense, and Darnold's going to make a lot of mistakes in this first week. Uh, Let's go L.A. Rams versus the Oakland Raiders, still the Oakland Raiders. Yes. Who are you going to pick for this one?
0: So, in this one, the Rams are favored by four points. I have the Rams winning this one. I am so excited for this game, just to see the new defense come together and see how they perform. Offensively, working Brandon Cooks into the offense, someone who basically replaces Sammy Watkins. Not quite as big as Watkins, but even faster than Sammy Watkins, who already was a really fast wide receiver. That's going to be really exciting just to see how Sean McVay incorporates yeah. Brandon Cooks into the The Rams the are going to be
1: crazy fun to watch on both sides of the ball this year. The Raiders have made a lot of questionable moves, so we'll see how they take the field. I think Carr and Amari Cooper are poised for a big year this year, but it's not like Gruden's helping them with a lot of his moves around them. But that's... All we got for you guys today on NFL Unwrapped. Thank you guys so much for joining us kind of on our opening week season preview. Yes. And uh, talk a little bit of Le'Veon, talk a little bit of Khalil Mack, a lot of stuff going around the NFL. So please stick with us on Twitter. Follow us on there and put our alerts on. We have so much going on around the NFL. You got to keep up. You can follow us on NFL Unwrapped. You can follow me at Perry Aston, Corbin at Corbin Unwrapped, Christian at McGowan 75, you can check us out on soundcloud you can also look uh listen to us on the apple podcast app and leave a rating and review on there it's much appreciated guys uh check out our fantasy football podcast that we started uh, a couple weeks ago at ffb unwrapped we are putting out episode two for that uh if you go check out our draft strategy podcast episode one with me and adam stark we had corbin on there and christian as well we had a special guest star for this episode so check that out and yeah so thank you so much And so excited that football is back
0: Yeah, speak to you guys after week one.